In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. I am free. Thank God. I am free. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on TogiNet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. Hello, 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 and happy Monday to you again. I am so thankful to be in the land of the living. It's good to be back on the air with you. Uh, We've had a couple of weeks of encores. I know um, we were faced with some serious um, things in the past few weeks, two of them, the the Hurricane Sandy and the aftermath of uh, Hurricane Sandy, and then the um, the presidential election. Some some serious some serious things going on in the land and in our time. So you know, I am very very glad to be back on the air with you tonight. I hope and I pray that you all are well. I know some of you are still dealing with the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy. I know some are struggling due to the aftermath or because of the aftermath of the recent um, presidential election. You know, um, I keep it real on this show. Um, I'm not afraid to expose my my concerns and at times my struggles, although I was not surprised at the outcome of the election. I will say I was very disappointed um, after I analyzed myself, I realized that I felt a little angry. Um, I felt angry. And I felt uh, some fear about the future and how this was going to affect the people of God. I actually cried that morning um, because my husband and I, we didn't stay up to listen to um, the results that night. But that morning when I, uh, what we did is we prayed. We prayed that night and we had been praying, but we prayed and we said, Lord, your will be done. And we submit ourselves to your will and give us the grace to um, to endure whatever 
overcomes and whatever your will is. But when I woke up that morning and my husband told me the results and he turned on the TV, I couldn't hold back the tears. Um, and um, there were several reasons for that. Those of you that have been listening to my show, you know that I know, I know personally firsthand about the pain and the anguish that um, results from sexual abuse. And on this show, we classify same-sex unions because I'm not going to justify them and call them marriages because God won't and doesn't. But we classify same-sex relationships and unions as a form of sexual abuse. It is abuse of what God has created man and woman for. That's what we deal with on this program. Um, The aftermath and the the, um, trauma of sexual abuse. Um, So to think that a president uh, a government, um, that so-called clergy, and I say that in quotes, so-called clergy, would promote same-sex marriage when it is sexual abuse um, really, really, really breaks my heart. I know that um, they don't know any better. I know people that advocate for this don't know any better. But I thank God. I thank the Lord. I thank God for a wise and loving husband. And I thank my Lord and Savior that he is loving and that he understands my grief, your grief, all of us. He understands us and um, that he comforted me, that he he comforted me, that he understood my anguish, that um, he used my husband to, to redirect me and help me to get my focus back on the Lord <laughs> and and to real to remember that he is in control that he is in control and that we do not have to fear those that are hiding under the shadow of the almighty we do not have to fear so hey I'm raring to go again um, we're still on our mission <laughs> we are still pressing forward my wonderful husband is here with me um, back on the air tonight. Are you there, husband? Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. All right, all right. We're still yet trusting the Lord, are we not? Yes, we are. Amen. We are not defeated. <laughs> so I'm glad to have you on the air with me as usual. You keep me strong. Um, you keep me on course, and I love you for that. <laughs> Did I lose you, honey? Uh-oh. I don't know if, my, if I lost my husband. Well, I, I hope he can um, join back in with me. Um, we, we might be having a few technical difficulties, but we also have a special guest tonight. Yes, all of my guests are special. We have a special guest tonight. Um, so I hope you have your tea. I hope that you are ready. We're probably going to barely have time to introduce him um, before we have to go into a break, but I hope you have your tea. I am drinking a blend of raspberry and cinnamon, something that I put together myself. It's herbal because I don't do the caffeine thing. But anyway, I hope you're ready. My special guest 
is uh, someone that I met at a marriage alliance meeting in Maryland last month. Um, I went to the meeting because I was very concerned about this issue. He was a guest speaker there. Um, he let us know that day that he is not a political person. I would classify him as a spiritual leader because he is a junior pastor and a bishop of created for so much more worship center in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I listened to uh, a message of his on his website, The Unshakable Kingdom, and I felt a witness in my spirit with what he was saying. I, I, I felt confident that he was a man of God. Um, I also know from his speech that day that he is married, but I'm going to welcome at this time um, Willard E. Saunders. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Diane. How are you tonight? Thank God I'm doing exceptionally well and just just enjoying the Lord. You know, I'm doing very, very well tonight. Amen. Amen. We are we are honored and we are glad to have you on our program. So thankful that you could join us. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do tonight. Amen. Is there Amen. anything else? <laughs> anything else that you would like to add about yourself that I didn't um, cover? I, I, well, I think that's enough. I, mean, um, I am the senior pastor, created so much more worship center in Baltimore, and uh, been doing that for a little while. You know, about probably about the past eighteen or twenty years, and um, and uh, just you know, I'm not uh, as you shared with uh, uh, with the audience. Um, I don't consider myself, I am definitely not a politician, um, but I, I am a man who, uh, my political stance is to represent God's will. Uh, if anything, I'm an ambassador for Christ and for the will and the word of, of the Lord. So I kind of take it that way. Um, this whole um, same-sex marriage thing was something I feel like God just kind of drafted me, drafted me into wasn't something I was looking for, but it was something the Lord drafted me into. And uh, so when God calls, we've got to answer. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we've always got to be ready to give an answer for the hope that, that lies within us. And so that's just what I'm doing now, just trying to give, up, give an answer and be a voice for what I feel like the Lord is saying at this particular time. Amen. I mean, many times when uh, when you can kind of distinguish when when someone is truly called of the Lord or not, because most of the time it's not something that we want to do that we're oh, that's looking true. for. That's very true. <laughs> that's very true. Very, very. I, you know, I question those that say, you know, I want to do this. I want. I, I, you don't know the Bible. The Bible lets us know to whom much is given, much is required. So, <laughs> exactly. So you gotta, sometimes you have to be very, very careful. You know what you ask for. Uh, you got to be really careful about it. But I honor God for the responsibility, and that the Lord thought enough of me uh, to entrust me with His Word, His will. Amen. Amen. I've told people um, sometimes when uh, when I do get into conversation about what I do on the air and, you know, because I'm a nurse and I, I live a I live in uh -huh. an everyday, everyday life, basically. And and when the opportunity comes up, I do talk about it. And then uh -huh. some people have said to me, oh, well, you know, oh, you, you know, celebrity or something like that. And I tell them, oh, no, 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 no. There's there's nothing. <laughs> Nothing glamorous about ministry. 
<laughs> there's no, nothing glamorous no. about true ministry. <laughs> no, no, there, there, there's not. And, and, and sometimes even the payoff is not immediate. And sometimes there's no payoff that we get individually other than the satisfaction of knowing that we've done the will of the Lord. Uh, you know, Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was made of himself no reputation. He wasn't even trying to be a celebrity. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. So, you know, if we seek more than Jesus sought, then we are way, way off base. So, you know, sometimes we just have to do what we have to do and trust God for the rest. Amen. Well, we've only got about probably five seconds before we go into a break. So what I'm going to do is um, after the break, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit more about your ministry, the ministry that God has called you to, and then we'll get okay. into some some of the meat of our subject tonight, okay? I'll be, I'll be happy to. I'll be, I'll be looking forward to it. All right. All right. God bless. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins. And let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. 
Okay, people, we're back after the break, and I have a special guest with me tonight. I have Willard Saunders, who is also a pastor and a bishop, and um, he is going to tell us a little bit more about the ministry and the work that God has called him to do in Baltimore. So tell us. Well, Diane, I, I, as I said earlier, I do pastor church uh, in, in Baltimore, Maryland. It's um, called... Uh, I know it's a lengthy name, but it's, it's, it's connected to my mission. Uh, it's created for so much more worship center. And uh, we used to be Christ Temple Church uh, years ago when my dad pastored. He pastored for about 40 years, and um, he passed in 1994. And I took over, uh, I guess, about a year or so before he passed. Um, before that, I was in the education system. I was, uh, the Lord blessed me. I was a teacher, and by the time I was 27, I was an assistant principal here in the city of Baltimore. And uh, God just blessed me, and I was, I was, I had a goal of becoming the superintendent of schools. I, that was my goal, and I was well on my way until God called me out, and the <laughs> Lord called me off the air. He called me out to help my dad, and uh, I, I've been doing that ever since. And God has been sustaining for the past twenty years. Uh, uh, the thing is, that the focus of my ministry is that uh, I work. I believe I, I'm called to work many times with raw product uh, people. Uh, that's why your, your your show is just so connected to what I do. People who have been through things in their lives, that's what created for so much more is about. It, it, mm. It's about finding people. It's the fact that um, every one of us is born into something, but what we're born into or what life brings to us is not necessarily representative of what we were created to be. Um, mm. The focal point, the focus of the thought comes out of Acts chapter 3 uh, with the man that was born lame. He was born lame, but when Peter and John came along, um, they were able to speak a word into his life and give him some assistance, and so he became what he was created to be. And what the Lord showed me out of that text is that all of us, we're either born into something, people are born into uh, alcoholic families, drug-addicted families, or sometimes mm -hmm. things happen to us in life. I call them life-changing events, which are things like abuse and incest and, and rape mm -hmm. and trauma that happen to us. And if we're not mm -hmm. careful, we allow those particular incidents to identify the rest of our lives, and they become life changers or where we were born, what color we were born, what, what economic strata we were born into, what side of the tracks we were born in. And the thing that the Lord has given me to say, it matters not what you were born as or what you were born into. It matters what God created you to be. And if God created you to be something, birth is not a hindrance to that. And what you've got to be able to do, as the lame man did, even though he was born lame, he was able to connect with hope that was found in someone else who also had a change in their life through the gift of the Holy Spirit and, and connect with that hope and become instantaneously what God had created him to be. And so for me, it's a process. It's a process of, of helping people go from welfare to work and Helping, helping single mothers get through, helping AIDS victims get through. And it's the same thing, helping those who are, who are wrapped up in homosexuality and lesbianism to come out of that lifestyle and to live a free and clean lifestyle, no matter where life has brought you. Uh, and God has just given me that gifting uh, to be able to speak into those lives and tell people, no, you, you, you don't have to be like this. You were truly, truly created for so much more. Mm, amen. 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 That amen. blesses me. I don't have a long, that's a synopsis of it, but it requires a lot. Um, um, because part of the problem, is, is, Diane, is that what occurs with most churches uh, in, in that text, 
Most people are, are familiar with it. When Peter and John say to the man, silver and gold have I none, such as I have give I to thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Um, mm-hmm. it, that's where most churches stop. In other words, most ministries stop at the point of simply telling people what to do. They say, yes. you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do the other. If you examine the text closely, you'll see that the man did not get up. He did not get up simply based upon what they said, because they were telling him to do something and to experience something that he had never experienced before in his life. He didn't mm-hmm. know what walking was. And, see, and there are some people who don't know how to live a free life. There are some people, I remember clearly, I, I remember this clearly very early in my, my ministry, uh, the Lord helped me. I, I went to a gentleman. I couldn't have been in one about 30 years old. And I, I went to a gentleman, and, and, and I was telling him, you know, I was, I was being somewhat self-righteous. I didn't think I was, but I was. And I mm-hmm. told him, I said, man, God, God didn't create you to be like this. You know, you're a grown man. You, you shouldn't be out here drinking all the time. You know, you're supposed to be more than this. And he looked at me and said, mister, he said, I've been drinking for 35 years. This is all that I know. Mm. And and mm. and that's mm. when the Lord showed me that simply because we preach to people is not enough to change their lives. The mm-hmm. change came in the lame man's life when Peter and John reached down with their right hand and picked mm. him up. And then the Bible says that immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. In other words, change does not come to people's lives simply by what we say. It doesn't come to their lives until we're willing to be invested and get involved in their lives and show them how to do what we're preaching them to preaching to them to do, and and that's the part of ministry that we have that, that I'm I'm keyed into. You know, how do I get my how do I get things straight? How do I overcome this? Not just what do I do, but how do I do it? And and, yes. and we see people's lives change like that. So that's the focal point of what we do. Amen. Amen. I feel Amen. that in my spirit. It, it brings tears to my eyes because I don't. I grew up. I grew up in church. I grew up in mm-hmm. Church of God in Christ. My husband grew up in um, Assemblies of God uh, ministries. So we, you know, we grew up in church, but um, both of us kind of strayed, you know, at, at a part in our life, mm-hmm. at a time in our life, we were disillusioned. And for me, a lot of it was because I didn't see the work of Christ being done in the modern church. I didn't mm-hmm. see that connection that you're talking about. I had gone through a lot of trauma in my life and I didn't mm-hmm. feel like people understood that or were able to connect with that. I mean, I, I fell in love with the Lord at a young age, but, you know, I needed deliverance. I needed um, to be healed. I needed mm-hmm. more than what I was getting. And then after years and years and years of more trauma, then I became angry and uh, right, right. disillusioned and disappointed with God even. But, um, you know, I'm not going to go into all of that. I mean... But that what you're saying is what we don't see enough of. And my husband came out on the break and he let me know that he was having some technical problems and that's why he couldn't finish answering me. Husband, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, dear. <laughs> I just wanted to say if you want, you know, if you I know you usually do the sound, but if you want to join in at any point, um, please do. Okay, because <laughs> I know this is probably stirring you up too. 
Well, what you were talking about is the hands-on. Every yeah, everybody yeah. can talk. How many people will, yeah. will get will get down in the mud and in the gutter with you and and pull you out? So yeah, I'm right there. I'm right there. With you. No, it, it, but it, it and it's also what your your, your wife says. See, we we are truly ambassadors of Christ, and the church becomes God's representative. Um, we we are the Christ in the earth, and we're all that the people know about the Lord. And the reason that people become disillusioned, they, they don't really become disillusioned with God, they become disillusioned with the church. But, in, but sometimes right. it becomes the same thing, because their disillusionment from, with the church caused them to turn away from God. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and we have a great responsibility with that. That our, our job is not just to preach and prophesy, but it's also to, to transition and to facilitate and to bring about change and, and people's lives, because there's, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a transforming word. Uh, it, it is to transform all of us. We all, none of us come here perfect. I think uh, one of, that is one of the issues that I have uh, uh, with, with the uh, whole same-sex agenda is because they're saying, well, you know, just accept me for what I am. Well, no, I've got to transform, and if I've got to transform, everybody does, because there's, there's an association there or there's an assumption there that the way that I was born uh, or what I have in me is perfect, and nothing about me needs to be a change. And therefore, it's an insult for you to say that, that something about me needs to be changed. So instead of me changing, I change God's law. But the Bible says we all are saying that come short of the glory of the Lord. We all were born with something that needs to be transformed. And I think that's where the church is beginning to lose its authority and its power, is understanding that it is a transforming agent, not an accommodating agent, but a transforming agent that when we find people in certain places and living certain ways or, or that layman sitting beside the gate, not just sit by and walk by him every day and go on to church, at some point work to be able to let, first of all, give him hope, but then not only give him hope, uh, be, be transitional or be transparent, and then also help to assist them to make the change that we're talking about. Amen. 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 We, um, when the Lord gave us to do this ministry, uh-huh. you know, and, yes. and a lot of people that we come in contact with, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're not a, to them, we're not a traditional ministry, if you know what I'm saying. We're not a. I, I understand. I understand you know? completely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he gave us to approach this, this as an outreach program. It's an uh-huh. extension of our ministry, but it's an outreach program. And we deal with all aspects of sexual abuse, which is fornication, which is adultery, which is pornography, which is bestiality, which is uh, same-sex unions. I mean, we talk about all of it. We don't single out one as being greater than the other because all sexual sin is abuse of what God created man and woman for. But we got about 30 seconds, so... I'm going to get ready for a break, and then I want you to tell us why you actually, why did you come to speak at the, Mar- the Mar- Maryland Marriage Alliance meeting? What were you hoping to accomplish by doing that? Um, after the break, we'll, we'll tackle that, okay? That'll be fine. I look forward to it. Okay, we got tunes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, Fairy Tale. Wishesinc.com and for Diana, the next big zing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true with the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Diana Cohen on Toginet.com. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 207 or email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net Thank God I am free I am free Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be I'm Free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal, it's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to remind you about uh, some of our, our ministry information, some, some of the things that we have available to you, and that is our book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rapists, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preference. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed, delivered from abusing others? Find answers to these questions and many others in these pages. This is a, a tool that the Lord gave me, um, and it developed as a sequel to my first book, The Story of Me, in which I share my own personal testimony of abuse and of victory and of deliverance and how God brought me through that experience. So I'm going to continue tonight with my guest, uh, Willard Saunders, and I was asking him before the break, why did he support 
the Maryland Marriage Alliance campaign. Can you tell well, us that? Well, I can tell you it actually started last year um, when the, the bill was coming up for vote um, in the, in the uh, legislature in Annapolis. And um, uh, I'm friends with Harry Jackson, and I think that was the first person I got a call because I knew uh, Bishop Jackson before I knew um, Derek McCoy. And so I kind of met Derek through that. And because of some of the, 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 the relationships I had with some of the politicians, um, I was asked to go to Annapolis and to speak to some of them. But the thing that prompted me more than anything else are my grandchildren. Uh, I'm a grandfather. I, I have uh, four beautiful grandchildren, three granddaughters, and one grandson, all five-year-old and younger. And, and I began to think about what impact um, the, the change in our society uh, was going to have on my grandchildren. And, and mm -hmm. what they were going to be taught in schools, and it became very parochial. It became, and I wish I could say it was a super spiritual word from the Lord, uh, but God has different ways to, to prompt us. And mm -hmm. um, and it was it was through that that I said, you know, I you know, God has positioned me for this purpose, and it was through that the Lord began to speak to me last year, and um, and so I went, and you know, as we were able to originally last year to, to kill the bill, but it went back through this year. And um, and so I, I began to work some more with um, Derek and some other people on it. And um, so throughout this year, I wasn't working quite as much, and that was possibly because of some of the personal things I was dealing with. And I kind of told Derek that. And uh, what happened was, uh, I guess about two or three weeks before the election, uh, I got a call from Derek uh, on a Friday night, and uh, he said to me, Bishop, he said, the Baltimore Sun wants to come to somebody's church on Sunday to, to, to see why, you know, to hear our position on same-sex marriage. And I'm like, Derek, why are you calling me? You can call anybody you want to call. You know, why are you calling me? And that's how, and my first answer to him was no. It was absolutely no, because, you know, I was beginning to consider some things that I was dealing with in my own marriage, and I made, I've said that. And, and I mm -hmm. said, you know, Lord, I don't feel worthy of this. And the Lord began to speak to me. He said to me, he said, he said, Everyone has some imperfections in their lives, that mm -hmm. people are imperfect, but the institution of marriage is perfect, that the mm -hmm. institution itself, there's nothing wrong with the institution, it's the people that have the issue. And once the Lord spoke that to me, then I felt the freedom um, to be able to speak on it. And uh, that Sunday, uh, the Baltimore Sun came, and, and I began to speak about it. Um, on, on, on that wise, that that you know that this is not even an issue that's for a vote. That God's will is not for a vote. That that we cannot manipulate what is perfect. The the union of marriage, in my estimation, as God has designed it, uh, is a union which was made for procreation. Believe it or not, when when God mm -hmm. spoke to uh, to Adam and Eve, He said, "Be fruitful and multiply." Yes, love is a component of it, but but and I know many people disagree with this. But God's original purpose. Was, was for reproduction and for the mm -hmm. earth to grow and for us to live healthy lives and to enjoy one another in a healthy way. And also, it was also to be a foreshadow of God's union with man through Jesus Christ. That's Amen. what it was. It, it, yeah. it was to foreshadow that. And, and so, therefore, in that instance, it's perfect. And one of the things I said that they didn't put in the newspaper was that perfection is that state when nothing can be added or nothing can be taken away. Nothing can be added or nothing can be taken away. And so if the purpose of marriage is perfect as it comes to reproduction, that means that nothing needs to be added between one man and one woman when it comes to reproducing children. Nothing needs to be added. 
The problem with the same sex unions is they can't do that. That something mm-hmm. has to be added in order to try to, you, you know what I'm saying? It, so yes, yes, yes. It, it, it's, it's, not, it's not marriage. And so that, that was the point that I was making. And so I got pulled into it in that manner. Um, and I ended up the next day on the front page of the, of the Baltimore Sun. Uh, I, I had to call a friend of mine and said, I, I'm on the front page of the Baltimore Sun and I didn't kill anybody. Just for, you know, <laughs> but, it, but it's amazing. And then they gave me a whole spread on the inside how I would have never dreamed that quickly um, that as a preacher that I'm able to be on the Baltimore Sun and have on the, at the top of the page a quote from me saying God's will is not up for vote. Uh, I don't believe that we even had that authority to do it, um, but mm-hmm. we did it anyway. And so I got pulled into it in that way. And um, and I'm also a part of another group here in Baltimore, which is a multilingual prayer army. And we were having our awake program, and so mm-hmm. they asked me to come uh, to that meeting uh, where I met you, um, just to be able to speak about the the awake. But when I got up, I, I kind of felt this unction in my spirit uh, about the need for the spirit of Esther to begin to prevail in this time. And that, mm-hmm. that, you know, for us to sit, you know, one of the things I, I put this statement on, I think it was on Facebook or something, and that is, and this is the truth, Diane, that the luxury of neutrality is going to dissipate very quickly. That, yes. that people who try to sit on the fence and say, this is not going to affect me. Oh, yes, it's going to affect you. And because mm-hmm. and, and, the enemy is not going to be satisfied until we all declare what side we're on. And so that's how I ended up there and, and, uh, and, and just speaking what's in my heart and saying what the Lord has given me to say. Amen. 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 You've touched on um, a couple of things. And Chris, honey, join in. You have anything you want to say? Not right now. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> All right. You've touched on a couple of points here. Um, I was going to ask you, why is the same-sex union bad for any society? Why is it bad for mankind? And you've already touched on part of that. For one thing, it hinders procreation. It prevents that. It can't happen. Is there any other reasons? Are there any other reasons that you see it as, you know, being bad for society? And then expound further on the Esther the time that we're in, you know, the Esther moment, the time that we're in. Well, I think that that's, I'll, I'll expand on the first point, but I think the mm-hmm. second point is the more important point. And, 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 okay. and, I, and okay. I'll share with this. It, the, the, the effect that it's going to have is that of confusion. Um, one of the things that, I, that, that we cannot determine, uh, and I, I've, I've thought about this many times, and, and it's called the unintended consequences of sin. We can't, we can't always predict, we can't always predict what the consequences of our actions are going to be. We don't know, we don't know what they're going to be. Uh, and so therefore, when we try to uh, uh, make laws and things to try to cover any contingencies, there are things that we don't see coming down the line that will mm-hmm. affect everything. Because when you change the fundamental definition of a thing, you open it up to any definition that's chosen to be opened up to. Just like mm-hmm. in the law here in Maryland has now been passed, uh, where they say they, uh, and I think I made this point clear, where they say that they now will, will protect churches. Well, we were mm-hmm. already protected. We didn't, we didn't mm-hmm. need additional protection. We were protected under the Constitution of the United States of America. But what mm-hmm. happens is when someone gives you a protection, later on down the line, they can take it away. The Bible says there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. So Israel was protected at one point until someone else came along and felt threatened, 
and then they changed it. So the problem we can see is that societally it brings about so much confusion, mainly among our children and mainly uh, among our families, and so that we, we end up being a society that ultimately moves away from God completely. And, and at, the, at the core of this, that's what Satan's agenda is. His agenda is to set up an, an anti-kingdom, but he also wants, uh, they, they don't just want acceptance, they want validation, and they need the kingdom of God uh, that, to validate what it is that they're now doing. And, and, and I think that's the long-term um, the long-term focus. The, the part about Esther is, is, is the part that, uh, that's more closely drawn to me because uh, Esther was just a slave girl and, uh, who found herself in, an, in a position of, of, of great power and a position of royalty, but that she didn't seek notice she asked for. She was, mm-hmm. she was basically drafted into it. And when the problem came up with Haman and Mordecai, you know, and, and, you know, Haman is about to bring about the first, the first Holocaust, which would have wiped out the entire nation of Israel. Mordecai goes to her and said, you can't be neutral. He says to her, because if you sit back, maybe mm-hmm. the deliverance may come at another time, but you and your family will be destroyed. And that's what he says to her. Who knows that you have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this? So it was not even Esther's agenda to stand up and go to the king and say, well, you know, if I perish, I perish. She wasn't trying to fight for the nation, but she found herself in the position that if she kept quiet and silent at that particular moment, destruction would have come to the entire nation. And I really believe that's our, 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 our assignment now, is to continue to be that clarion voice, you know, to cry loud and spare not and to lift up that voice like a trumpet, even though it may seem to be unpopular to people, that, that we begin to continue to say it, hopefully, uh, that people might be able to repent and that change might come about. Uh, but ultimately, and this is the more, the more spiritual side of what I have to say, but mm-hmm. ultimately that God, so that God is justified when he judges. And, and, and that's the real role of a prophet. And I think, you know, I heard you talking about how you were crying the day before and how your spirit was grieved the day after, rather, at the election. And mine yes. was as well. But, but, I, but I also have a clear understanding. Uh, my, my position, I, I did everything I did and will continue doing what I'm doing, knowing uh, deep down in my spirit that the bill was probably going to pass. But the Lord let me know that that wasn't my responsibility, that it wasn't my responsibility to stop the bill from passing. It was my responsibility to be the voice of God so that people would know what God had to say. Amen. Amen. More after the break. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of the story of me online 
at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores. laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, we are back. And like I said um, in some of my tweets and in some of my um, blurbs about what tonight's show is going to be, we are getting words of wisdom. We are getting words of strength. Um, our our guest tonight um, is, is speaking the word of the Lord to us, and I would like him to continue, um, Mr. Saunders, Bishop Saunders, I would like for you to continue talking about the, the moment and the time that we are in, the Esther moment, and then if you will, please tell us what do we, what do the followers of Christ do now, and what do, should, what should the sinners those that don't know Christ do now. Right. Well, what, 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 we have to continue to be the voice of the Lord and the conscience of the nation. Um, the, the, the Bible talks about the fact that these days are going to be worse than the days of Sodom and Gomorrah and all like the days of Noah when people were totally ignoring uh, the word and the will of the Lord. So we must continue to be the conscience of the nation uh, um, and, and not, not radical and antagonistic, but, but the steady, firm, uh, the Bible calls us the salt of the earth with a preservative. And so we've yes. got to continue to do that and, and continue to stand up for what we know is right and to continue to love one another. Uh, what I was saying before we went to the break, is, and, and this is for, especially for you and for others that have a prophetic gift in this area, that, that the job of the prophet is not to change things. The job yes. of the prophet is to speak the will and the word of God. And, and it's so also that God wants repentance, but at the end of the day, it's so that God is justified if he, when he judges, because he will judge. Uh, it is no different than you as a parent or me as a parent telling my kid, boy, if you do that one time, one more time, I'm going to do so-and-so to you. 
It's the mm-hmm. exact same thing that God is saying to the world. He, he says through us, now listen, here's what my will is. You know what I expect from you. This is what I want. But we, we've become like children. The Bible says all like sheep who have gone astray. And so that's what occurs. And so we have to continue to say it. But what we have to do is, and, and I, I encourage you know, all my brothers and sisters out there, speak the truth in love. And it, it does not it does not pay to be antagonistic and to, to you know, because I, I don't I don't hate anybody. You know, Amen. Um, I, Amen. I have people in my church right now. As a matter of fact, I had a young lady in my church uh, yesterday uh, who was caught up in, in that uh, gay lifestyle, came up, and she's been coming to church every Sunday now for about the past six months, and she's heard every single sermon I've preached about. And she knows where, she knows, but it's mm-hmm. so much, she, she receives it in love. And I ministered to one yesterday, and I said, you know, the Lord loves you so much. Yes. Told her, I said, God's going to bring out of you the woman that you created to be. And the reason yes. is because I don't make one sin any greater than the other. It, it, you yes. know, if, if a person is caught up in homosexuality and lesbianism, it's no, no different than a man or woman who's caught up in adultery. It's the exact yes. same thing. It's the same yes. spirit. And the same, yes. I told her, I was very transparent. I said, the same way God has to keep me, God has to keep you. Now, I may not be a homosexual, but I am definitely a heterosexual male. And, and God has to keep me. And if mm-hmm. God can keep me and transform my flesh and my life, he can do the same for you. And as I talked to her, uh, one of the young ladies that was on my praise and worship team, beautiful young lady, was just bawled over, just crying like a baby, crying mm. like a baby. And I said to the young lady I was ministering to, I said, do you know why she's crying? She said, no, sir, I don't know. I said, because she's come out of the same lifestyle that you're dealing with right now. I mm. said, she, mm-hmm. she, she came out of the exact same thing, but look at her. Isn't she beautiful? She's become a, a real woman of God, and that's what we as the body of Christ have got to do. We've got to show the love of Christ that Jesus showed to the woman that was caught in adultery in John chapter 8. And said, woman, where are you accusers? Neither do I. Because the only thing that's going to change people is speaking the truth in love. Yes. Speaking it in love. To let, because we've been so critical and, I, and so dogmatic and, and just so hateful towards people. It's not yes. that you've got to be tolerant of the sin, but what you must do is understand that this person is no different than anybody else, no different than a drug addict, no different than a liar, no different mm-hmm. than a cheat. If there is absolute a murderer or a thief, it's all sin in the eyesight of God. And our mm-hmm. job as the church and the body of Christ is to love them into love. Love them into the love of Christ. And, and what I say to those out there that, 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 are, that are still caught up is that the Lord loves you. This is, and that's the lie the enemy has made. The enemy has made it so that people think that God doesn't love them, that there's something peculiar about them, about that, oh, I'm strange, oh, I'm unlovable by God, so therefore I don't need God. The devil is a liar. God loves you the same way he loves me. And, I, and trust me when I tell you, if God can love me, he can love anybody. Amen, brother. I've in my life, I'm telling you the truth. If God can love this no good somebody and do what he's done for me in my life, my God, he can Amen. love absolutely anybody. If there's hope for me, you may not know my story, but please hear the passion of what I say. If there is yes. hope for me, there is most certainly hope for you. And and, and, and God, and the, and the last thing I will say is, is on this wise is that when you become what God has created you to be, then your search ends. You begin to feel fulfilled. When you become the man or the woman that God really puts you on this earth to be, when you fit where you're supposed to fit, 
And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, the confusion is gone, the guilt is gone, all those mm-hmm. other things that trouble your spirit just dissipate. Mm. Mm, mm, Amen. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's true. It's true, Minister Diane. And, 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 and we have to be discouraged. And I mean, I, I mean, be encouraged, rather. And we have to continue to do this. And, and that's what I share with you. Uh, because mm-hmm. what the enemy will want to bring about in you is a spirit of discouragement and, mm-hmm. and make you feel like you're not having any sort of effect. The Bible says heaven and earth rejoice over one sinner that repents. More so than 99 men just men that need not. So if you're affecting one person's life, you know, it, it, it's the pay it forward concept. Maybe that affects someone else's life, and maybe that affects someone else's life. And so that's my drive, is, is that God has been so faithful and so kind. I, I may not have an issue of homosexuality, but the Bible says that let us lay aside every weight and bust in the do of so easily beset you. Every one of us has a besetting sin. Every person on this earth got something that's outside of the will of God. And so yes. as a priest of God, I've got to deal with people gently and understand that the same God that is doing this, not just has done, but that is doing this for me day in and day out, in spite of all my frailties, is the same God that can do it for anybody. He has no respect of person. He loves yes. you no matter who you are, gay, straight, I don't care. God loves you the same way. But just like I have to conform my life to mm-hmm. the will of God, so mm-hmm. much those that are caught up in these other lifestyles. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I mean, this is this has been a blessing to me. This has been a blessing to me. I, I know I can speak for my husband. This is this is a blessing to us because we believe that the power of your testimony, you know, is one of the most important things you can share as a Christian. I mean, yes, we are preachers. Yes, we teach. Yes, we do praise and worship ministry, but we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Our so testimony. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. When the scripture says, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men to me, it, mm-hmm. it had to deal with the cross, as you well know, but more importantly, it had to do with his transparency. It is the transparency yes. of ministry that draws people to ministry. When we separate ourselves and make big eyes and little U's, uh, um, the Bible talks about the, the temple of God is that the temple of God is with man. God, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. well, means that God is with us. God is in us. And 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 I don't have time to go through it historically, but all of the ancient quote unquote little G gods all sat at a pinnacle of a temple. What made our God so different was that God came to dwell with man. It wasn't hmm. a situation where man had to go up to the God and ascend up into the heavens and go up into the God. No, our God came down to be with us, and he dwelt with us, and now he dwells in us. Can you imagine yes. that? The God yes. of all creation. That's what Isaiah said. Has I not heard? Has it not been told to you? Do you not know? that the God of all creation is with you. He lives yes. inside of us, and he dwells in us, and that's the God that wants to bring about massive change in people's lives. Amen. Amen. You know, because of the, because of the format of our show, I, the Lord doesn't often lead me to pray on the show, and, I, and I'm not quite sure why that is, but when he does, I do. And so mm-hmm. I'm... 
I'm going to ask if you would um, wrap up any thoughts that the Lord has in your heart right now. And then if you would close us out the last few minutes in prayer. Um, I'd, be ha- I'd be happy to. I, I, I just want to speak a word of encouragement and, and, and really to, to you and your husband and for others that are doing the same sort of thing that you can do. Because the spirit that's trying to prevail now in the body of Christ is the spirit of discouragement. Uh, people say, well, we lost. We didn't lose anything. We spoke the word of God. We've done what the Lord has given us to do. Now it rests in the hands of God. God, and we've got, we've got to obey the law according to what the law says, and I'm going to hold to it. I know that churches are going to be challenged. Yes, And we're going to yes. be challenged on every end uh, uh, about these unions, but we cannot allow the spirit of discouragement to come among us. We've got to be loving. We've got to be caring. We've got to be, be, be uh, guided by the word and direction of the Lord. So I want to pray for, pray for you and, and for your husband and for this program and for all of those that are out there that are listening. That, that There's hope. There's more than just hope. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I said this on yesterday, and I was preaching a message yesterday about stay in your strength. Stay in the strong. Stay awake, awake, and become strong. Be strong, old Zerubbabel. And what the Lord shared with me and I said to the people of God is, we serve a capable God. We serve a God that is able to do anything. And not only is he capable, but he is willing. He is willing to sustain us. He is willing to provide us. And he's capable of keeping his promises to us. And so I want you to know that, that whatever the Lord has promised you, whatever God has spoken into your life, whatever God said he is going to do, you can trust me when I tell you tonight, it will come to pass no matter what happens. No demons in hell can stand up against the purposes for your life. So we bless you now, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done. Bless all of the other side of my voice that these things will come to pass. You keep them and protect them now. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to call you.